I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything School HQ, as much as SB Nation's JP Acosta would not like for me to continue saying that and enjoyed a little bit of misery for me over the weekend. But that turned out to be only half my weekend because the Atlanta Falcons took care of business and got a big home dub against the Green Bay Packers, where JP Acosta was a little too ahead of the head of the curve on that group chat, the NFL Super Friends group chat here, because the Packers did not finish the drill in Atlanta. No, it's all dirty birds all the time. SB Nations, JP Acosta is here. JP, good evening, sir. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. You know, my team actually won in college mm. football this weekend. Feels I was going to ask. I was going to. I was wondering. We always start this podcast talking about Tennessee sports. All of a sudden, you can't talk about Tennessee sports when your football team sucked and got their ass kicked. Now you don't want to talk about oh, got Tennessee you. football city. You're a got sports town USA. Stomped by a bad Florida team, by the way. Oh, stomped. I thought you are my friends. I thought we were all friends here. This was we a, are. We are. This is how friends and talk. This is, this is what friends do. When mm-hmm. one of our teams lose, immediately just you, you'll never hear the end of it. I thought the Mickey Mouse offense was supposed to be easy. <laughs> I thought everybody was supposed to be able to run it. Evidently, nobody can. It just you doesn't told, look good. You make us listen to a monologue every <laughs> time you start this podcast about Tennessee sports, and then you just want to just slide past it like nothing happened. That's kind of what I was planning on, but I don't yeah, think absolutely that's not. No. That voice you hear there, who's also enjoying my misery, because uh, his both of his football teams this fall are good. Uh, the Oregon Ducks and the San Francisco 49ers. But Evan Sword, so 49ers Hub is here. Evan, good evening. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. Yeah, the uh, the Oregon Ducks are good, and uh, the 49ers are very good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's pretty great. I saw like uh, Nick Bosa, PFF first team all defense and i'm like oh they're back uh, great you just go through it and you're like oh christian mccaffrey's averaging a billion yards a carry oh brock birdie's just guide this off as trip williams is killing a cornerback on a twitter oh. post that i saw today and you're like oh the niners are just uh they're inevitable they're they're just a mean mean machine there were probably two or three hits in that game where hey 
Los Angeles Rams player got murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could talk about it. We did. Um, well, let's first start with your team, Evan. Let's start with what happened to the 49ers. No Jarrett Bailey this week because the Steelers are playing on Monday Night Football. So he's got to cover that for Behind the Steel Curtain, a very good uh, Pittsburgh Steelers website that you should go check out um, today and all of Jarrett's work at USA Today, the Pump Fake, and all that good stuff. But uh, Evan, your team, Niners, they moved to 2-0. and What did you take away from the Niners uh, taking care of business once again this week against uh, a spicy Rams team that uh, has a wide receiver from BYU who has like 73 catches. And yeah, uh, Nakua. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that name a lot. <laughs> As you can tell, my voice is gone. I was at the game yesterday. Um, Walk us through it. What was the game day experience? Because it seemed like you saw that the Niners took over uh, SoFi Stadium. Well, you can't take over something that's already yours. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I will say this is the second time that it's happened. The first time, though, it was at USC's The Coliseum, mm. which was insane because so the the Rams decided and they do this every now and then that they were going to wear their white uniforms, which means mm. the 49ers would have to wear their home jerseys, their home jerseys, as opposed to asking them to wear their white jerseys and for fans to wear white, their mm. home jerseys are red, which meant <laughs> fans were asked to wear red. I don't know if you watched the game, but imagine a sea of red like you saw could have been white. But for mm-hmm. some reason, they wanted us to wear red. So we wore red. And uh, we were about 75 to 80% of the entire stadium. That's not an over-exaggeration. That is not hyperbole. It was literally a home game. I am telling you... I have not been to a lot of football games at other stadiums. I've been to a few. I can't imagine that uh, that there's a better experience than 49er fans tailgating. Hmm. It, the, 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 I mean, literally the entire stadium tailgating situation was 49ers. I never in the entire time walking from outside to in the stadium parking lot never saw a Rams tailgate. Interesting. I saw... 700 i saw green bay packers tailgate i swear to god oh, no. with like six fans all wearing packers gear yeah packers tent packers truck never saw rams it was insane but either way uh mm. you know the, the stadium's incredible uh the fans were loud uh the rams stadium pumps in more crowd noise than i've <laughs> ever seen in my life and i'm not really joking. Uh, Again, this is not hyperbole. You see, everyone's seen the photos. There were seventy-five percent Niners fans. Mm. When the Niners made a big play, it was loud. It was super loud. Obviously, fans were going nuts. When the Rams made a big play, it pierced my ears, <laughs> which is scientifically impossible considering how many fans were there. Mm-hmm. So they were absolutely pumping in noise, and which is crazy because, like, the Falcons got. Taking a pick from that, they got fined for that. Whoa. So I don't know why that's yeah. not being addressed, but mm-hmm. uh, 180%, I bet my life on it. Uh, less about that. Let's talk about football, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the game wasn't as close as the score looked. And in fact, mm-hmm. at the end, they had an opportunity, like I think twice. And now, granted, the Rams played well, but there was an opportunity a couple times. Whoa. Hold on. Wow, 
Evan's doing that. I do want to provide an update for the good folks at home. Yes. Uh, Deshaun Watson fumbled again. TJ TJ Watt picked it up and scored a touchdown. The Steelers are back in the lead. Love that. Two hundred and thirty million fully guaranteed for a guy who might not be better than the rookie backup behind him. And he just uh, lost his running back probably for the year. Um, uh, there, yeah, it, that is on purpose. Deshaun Watson is a sexual predator, and they get what they deserve. Anyways, uh, as we were talking about the 49ers, um, thank you for the update, JP. We appreciate that. My dog is crazy. Uh, Shout out to Milo. The, the 49ers were the better team across mm. the board, but I would like to give the Rams a lot of credit. Um, considering how new that some of the players were, um, you know, Raheem Morris did a great job. The defensive scheme in the first half was really, really good. The 49ers had a lot of issues, um, but I will say Steve Wilkes's second half adjustments were insane. Some of the best second half adjustments I think I've seen in a long time could be that could have been just maybe a mixture of the team. The Rams were getting tired. Um, but again, this was a game where Kyle had, uh, George Kittle making plays, had Christian McCaffrey making plays, had Brandon Ayuk making plays, had Debo making plays. It's just it's a it's a situation where you cannot stop everybody, and uh, you know eventually, you know I mean like literally I we would call this maybe not the best game from Brock Purdy, and they still scored thirty points. I like I said at the beginning of the game, I said I was gonna say I, it was like 16 to 33 was my prediction. Mm. And at one point it was 17 to like 27. And I like the Niners were about to score. I was like, I, I knew it. Uh, but it got kind of got a, away away from them. That Nakua guy mm. is incredible. I mean, was an automatic. Matt Stafford played in played just out of his mind. I mean, Matt Stafford was like early prime Matt Stafford. He was throwing incredible throws. The scheme, I I don't think was really that great. I thought the Niners, I mean, JP, you, I don't know if you watched the game at all, but I thought their def defense was playing really off ball. There was like the really soft coverage. It almost like it was like they're playing prevent defense in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, they just ate it up. I mean, literally, there's like five, seven-yard passes constantly. Um but man, the 49ers stars were outstanding. Hargrave had a fantastic game. McCaffrey had a fantastic game. Um, surprisingly, and I don't know if everyone will care about this, but I, as a Niners fan, care. Javon Kenlaw, who was their, one of their first-round draft picks, mm. injured two years in a row. Uh, people thought he might get cut, might be a bust, has played fantastic these last two games. He had a great game. Five pressures yesterday. The defense in the second half just completely stepped it up, got pressure on Stafford. Uh, you were getting the ball out really quick, and it just didn't matter. I don't know. JP, did you watch the game? I did. What did you see? So early, the Niners were doing a lot of spot drop cover three, which that's probably the last coverage you want to play against Matt Stafford and Sean McVay. They've been dicing that up their entire careers. So it started out a little weird, but they had the stars to make up for it, you know. But in the second half, they realized that the offensive line still isn't that great. And Matt Stafford still isn't a guy who's going to move around a lot at this stage in his career. So he just blitzed him. And that was the adjustments. Of course, there are some subtle adjustments like the um, the little motion duo run, the Rams run, where uh, they, bring a, they bring Higby across the formation and they run duo to try and kick out somebody. 
They ran that for a first down in 49ers territory early in the fourth quarter. Then late in the fourth quarter, what they did was they had Isaiah Oliver replace as soon as Higby came across the formation and it was a fourth down stop and they got the ball back. So those are the kind of small adjustments, subtle adjustments the Niners made late in the game defensively. I thought it was very cool. Steve Wilkes did a great job in the second half. They're a wagon offensively that you just hmm. you have to pick your poison. Like you either let Brock Purdy sit back there and throw all day or you try and stop the run game. And Debo had a vintage Debo performance where he was just bouncing off of guys. It was it was insane how many people he made look stupid, like <laughs> consistently. Um, Brock did miss a lot of throws. He missed some. Yeah. He missed a lot early where, like, you think, like, hey, if he hits these throws, the Niners probably win by a whole lot more than oh. they actually do. But, Two scores at least. I mean, there was, there was like, three. There was one to IU going to stop and go early in the game. I think there was one to uh, – I can't remember who it was, but it was down the middle. It was, like, a deep post, and he missed him. But, you know, that's going to be the thing this year, like – He's going to miss some throws, but the margin for error is so wide because that team is so good. But shout out to the Rams. The Rams might be a little better than I thought they would be good going into this season. I think as long as you have Matt Stafford healthy and Sean McVay, like they're going to be a tough out. I'm not going to say playoff team, but they're going to be competitive. They're going to be a competitive team in the NFC where not a lot of people are actually good. But it's also like if they're just relatively healthy, Cam Akers now in the trade block, he's probably going to get moved. I mean, he hasn't been good, but Kyron Williams looks like he could be a good answer here, but they're going to struggle like y'all have talked about with their offensive line and what their limitations are. But Cooper Cup's going to come back. Like, it's not like this guy is gone for the year. He'll be back at, uh, week five. Um, and then you have uh, Puka, who's been great. You have Tyler Higby. You have Van Jefferson two, two. still. You have Tutu Atwell. Like, two, Tyler Higby. Tutu's a good three. Yeah, I mean, I think the Rams are a playoff team. Stafford plays 17 games. This is a I, playoff team. In what I don't, I just I don't I don't think so, man. And it's not that like again, nothing but respect. They played so much better than I was even expecting, although I I do think that was I think again, I think this was a lot less close than it looked. Mm. Uh than the score looked. Um I just don't see this team having staying power throughout the season. Hmm. They're, you know, their, their line isn't great. Like, I mean, it's, I just, I do think that they're going to get worse as the season goes on and things are going to struggle. Uh, they have really good receivers. I feel like the one thing I will say about the Rams is I think the rebuild is going to happen a lot sooner than we thought. Yeah. And maybe that, maybe Matt Stafford knew that, right? Maybe that's why he came back. Maybe that's why Sean McVay came back. Cause I, I mean, they have a great receiving core right now. Uh, their running back situation isn't bad. Um, they just, they've got a lot of holes they got to figure out, though. And they don't have a lot of depth either. No. So right. those, the, the attrition is really going to get to them later in the season, mm -hmm. especially because you're starting a lot of rookies, and not only rookies, but rookies who are undrafted guys in that secondary on that defense. The attrition is going to come very soon. I don't think they're a playoff team, but they're going to fight. They're going to be competitive. Well, this leads to a question I have in general, y'all, where the NFC, the AFC, I think it's a little bit more, I think we have a pretty good grasp of who the playoff teams and who aren't right out of the gate here in the AFC. 
the NFC, man, the reason I pushed the Rams so hard, it's like, I just don't know who's good. And you look at some of these 0-2 starts. This is something I want to pick y'all's brain about. Like, Evan, who are you certain? And Like, the Niners are absolutely for sure good. Like, we know the Niners are good and are mm-hmm. a contender. Who are, who else right now through two weeks are you certain is a good contender that can compete with the Niners in the NFC title game? I want to I want to officially say that maybe, maybe I was a little... Mm-hmm. A little rough about the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They look pretty Is it good. coming? <laughs> uh, it's a good team. Mike, they look really good. In fact, obviously, I mean, I would say right now the Cowboys have looked the most dominant. Yeah. Um, out of any team, but I will say I think it's early. You look at what the hap- what the Bills did against the Raiders. You think, okay, maybe the Bills. You know what I mean? Like maybe the Bills start slow again, like they have in you know in the past, and they look good. But really. I tweeted this today. I don't think that there's that many teams right now that I'm actually worried about. Like I'm going to the Bengals Niners game. That was the game where I was like, they might not win that game. They're going to win that game now. Like, I mean, I mean, as long as everyone stays healthy the way they are, like the Bengals do not look like which week is that? Are they playing the Bengals? uh five or seven. okay man if that was next week the Bengals are just they're not a playoff team though. You're 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 starting knowing three. I mean, they oh, started knowing no, two no, last I'm, year. Oof. I'm I am the nine. The Niners this week play Thursday. I'll be there, and they're going to play the Giants. So the Ooh. Niners going to. But here's and so again, I, this is what Tough I want you. The to, Giants. <laughs> this is what I want you to understand right now about the Niners' mm. schedule. Okay, they play the Steelers one by twenty three, right? They play the Rams. They're going to go now and play the Giants and Cardinals next, which means they should be pretty well prepared and ready to play the Cowboys, which will be their toughest game, but they're going to probably go four and four at four, four and O going into the Cowboys game. They could lose. They could win. If they lose, they then played the Browns Vikings and Bengals, which I think they (laughs) win those games. Yeah. And then they, I, you know, the Jaguars JP, like, I don't know that they're, you know, I don't know that the Jaguars are really ready yet to be that kind of powerhouse that I think some people hope they would be. But I think that could be a tough game. But after that, you know, the the Bucks, Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks, that's that's where the, the games get hard. But the first eight games, the Niners could be seven and eight, seven, one, eight and oh. So mm. what they I beat the Cowboys the last two times. What I will say it's about true. that Bengals game is it is very contingent on Joe Burrow being healthy. The biggest reason the Bengals look bad right now is because Joe Burrow isn't healthy. A lot of the problems that the Bengals have offensively are masked because Joe Burrow can create and can maneuver in the pocket and make things look better. If he's hampered at all, that goes away instantly. You know, his superpower is being able to maneuver in the pocket and do that stuff. You can't do that with a bad calf. And he wasn't like already, he didn't already have one of the strongest arms in the league. Like now you're just constraining yourself a little bit more. That's really the big issue. So if he's not healthy, then yeah, Um, we're going to get to the Jaguars, but that was a very, very weird game. Yeah. I mean, so we have the Cowboys and Niners. Is that it, JP? Is that it for the best of the, that you know, is a contender right now in the NFC? Is it just those two? Are they in their own class? Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. 100%. Are we still putting the Eagles there? I'm not putting the Eagles there. No, yes. the Eagles have they the Eagles have injuries yes. that actually matter. They just announced that Maddox is going to be out for probably the rest of the season. That was one of their starting DBs. Like it's already starting. And they yeah. have to play in the Cowboys division. 
the Eagles floor continues to be so high because they have the best offensive line in football mm. and have one of the best defensive lines in football. No matter what happens on the back end, no matter what happens with the coordinators, they have first-year coordinators. No matter what happens over there, they can change games if they want to with that offensive line. That is truly a game-changing unit. We saw it against the Vikings. That game was not going the Eagles' way until they realized we have the best offensive line in football. We don't need to throw the ball today. And then they dominated for the next 45 minutes. Like, that's something you just cannot replicate if you don't have that offensive line. Combine that with Jalen Hurts' ability to run, for them to constantly put you in a bind, those receivers they have. Bradbury has a concussion, but I feel like he's going to be back for the le- for the last stretch of games. It's it's very it's – an, it's an issue. I think the linebackers are still going to be a little bit of an issue, but they're still one of the best teams in the NFC. They're They're – the Eagles, Niners, Cowboys are the elite class of the NFC, and everybody else is just kind of the second tier. Yeah, I, I'm i curious. The the Super Bowl hangover with the Eagles and if the injuries start to add up, and I also have Theo Ash's uh, video on DeAndre Swift's um, re- uh, running back vision uh, TikTok from today just stuck in my head where I'm like, I just, I don't know, I might uh, sell on the, the big day by uh by the andrew swift also is that a chili's hat jp i just noticed i love that i just noticed the not a sponsor but could be love love that you just lean in that's a fine dining institution right there it really is (laughs) (laughs) 17 beers at chili's that's right sponsored by give me a give me a lemonade and you get the little uh little three for ten never failed there you go uh jaguars Lose to the Chiefs. Low-scoring game. JP, what happened in the Chiefs game, uh, and why did the Jaguars ultimately not pull it out? The Jaguars lost because Chris Jones came back. Mm. That's that's really it. I've said the entire offseason, the Chiefs defense is good. Without Chris Jones, they're one of the best in the NFL with Chris Jones, and Mm. that's exactly what happened. You know, Chris Jones can take over a game if he wanted to. He didn't even play half the snaps. But the ones that he played, he was he was dominating every play. You just don't find that many game records on a down by down basis as you have Chris Jones. And I saw a tweet that said, "If you ever want to see, basically, a one one person show where the one one defensive player completely takes over a game, watch that game. Like watch the tape mm. of Chris Jones, and you will see maybe one of the best single individuals. You know." And he didn't even play half the snaps. Yeah. The thing the thing about the Jaguars offense was they knew it felt like during the game, they knew they could not block those guys. They couldn't run mm. the ball because you can't block those guys. It was a lot of RPOs, a lot of screens. They could not get the quick game going. And that turns your offense one dimensional. It sucks. You got to figure it out. But I do think because it happened so early in the season, I'm a little less worried. The offensive line, I hope, will iron itself out. Play calling, I think, was fine because you can only do so much if you can't block. That is the thing I want people to understand. (laughs) When we say the game is won and lost in the trenches, that's exactly what that means. If you can't block or you cannot stop anything up front, your game plan completely changes. The Jaguars' game plan completely changed because they were afraid they couldn't block the four guys up front, and they couldn't. They knew going into the game Chris Jones was going to line up over their rookie right tackle, and – 
still could not do anything about it. That's that's just really the skinny of it. The Jaguars defense played phenomenal. Like that was one of the best defensive performances I've seen by a Jaguars team post 2017. And it, it sucks because, you know, like Mahomes does like the one Mahomes throw and it's like, oh, that's you get you gave the offense enough chances to win and they went 0 for 7 in the red zone. That's mm. a, that's the kind of game that happened. But that that stuff happens when you can't block. Like you you make it you make it a whole lot harder to score when you cannot block and up front. Yeah, I are they not in the tier? Can they get to that tier cuz we look at the Chiefs, JP, we look at um I guess who else can we put in there right now? I think the Ravens are in that upper tier. I put Ravens tier one. I put Chiefs tier one. I would put maybe Dolphins tier one at this point. Um, oh, Evan, you're muted. You have a bunch of tier two teams as in tier one. Like those are all good teams that have are in the AFC. Not- you don't think they're all in the same tier? I think I mean like my point is I don't think there's a single team right now in the AFC outside of the Chiefs that I would consider like like no one's in the Chiefs class right now. I don't know. Ravens uh, Chiefs like I think they're close. I think Ravens Chiefs are close and I I'm actually really hoping that that's the AFC Championship game uh to this point. The Ravens are good on both sides of the ball. The and Ravens are capital G good. Like that's yeah. I did love team. seeing the I did love seeing Lamar Jackson go in and do better than your guy Greg Roman being out of Baltimore is paying dividends <laughs> early. Like Todd Monken has, thought. yeah. Like they are. Uh, is Lamar Jackson an MVP favorite right away? Like is I he right? Him to, I picked him to win MVP before the season. You yeah, did, yeah. Do I you picked, know mm-hmm. how you know that Greg Roman's no longer in Baltimore? You don't have twelve targets going to Mark Andrews and. <laughs> 12 carries to the running back. Like yeah. it is so nice to see Lamar Jackson be able to be a quarterback. Like Lamar is just such a special player. And I, I mean, like, obviously that's why JP took, you know, called that beginning of the season. It's if people forget that Lamar was a unanimous MVP. Yeah. And that's a wild thing. Like we, we take a lot of what happened with them not being able to find a receiver and Lamar being injured and be like, oh, Lamar's not that good. Lamar is one of the six best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. I would I'd venture. And nobody to wanted say, to trade for him this offseason. Everyone was refusing to trade for Lamar Jackson. Somebody's team on here put a statement out saying they weren't going to trade for him. Yes, they did. But first in the in NFC South, though. But Lamar is the right now, he's the third best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Like that's he's playing at such a great level. The defense is phenomenal. They had one of the best units in the league after signing or trading for Roquan Smith, and that hasn't changed. What they did to Joe Burrow was insane. What they did to that Bengals offense was insane. They're they're real, they're capital G good. I think if we're putting anybody in a tier with the Chiefs, it starts with the Ravens and the Dolphins. Mm. I just I just don't like the Ravens running backs. I don't like Gus Edwards. Justice Hill is not like that doesn't really like listen, you can win when you have Lamar Jackson, but like to me, that's just not the type of like running game that's going to get you deep into the playoffs. It'll have to mm. be all Lamar. 
Well, they don't necessarily only exclusively use Edwards and Hill. Like, of course, Lamar will have his scrambles. They they did a lot of work with Devin DuVernay, right. Zay Flowers, who is honestly looking like the favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year right now. Yeah, has he looks played great. phenomenally. He he works a little bit in the run game. So it's he had, not yeah, just he had like, one carry yesterday. It, they're splitting it up. It's not yeah. like they're leaning on one guy. But there is a running back who requested a trade in the offseason. It's like, hey yeah. – if you wanted to, that you I kind of honestly forgot all about him. Like I have not thought about Jonathan Taylor in uh, two weeks. I, I until you brought him up, he has been out of my out of my mind. Um, I also said that he was going to get traded to the Rams, and if the Rams are actually competitive, that you can bet that's going to happen. Also, it just won't work because the Rams aren't allowed to have a good running back post Todd Gurley, apparently. So, like, if I'm the Rams, I'm kind of nervous. It's like, I'd actually rather you just trade for a left tackle. Like, but, can they pop up? Right, but those are hard to come by. So, I, I, don't, I don't think that per- – maybe Orlando Brown. I don't know. Well, we're spitballing here. Um, Evan, 0-2 team that is most likely cooked. We know the NFL's history of 0-2 teams and what their playoff odds – look like after uh starting going to it. and it's very dubious not many teams uh over many decades end up making the playoffs when they start zero and two who of the zero and two would you say is the most cooked and who of the zero and two would you say you most believe can overcome the odds and still make the playoffs of this group well i i we talked about it before and i'll say it again i don't think this is going to be one of those years where there's like a like a record shattering terrible team I think there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of mid teams. And I think you look at that right now, and that's kind of what we're already seeing kind of start to pile up. Like the Cardinals, I think to me, the Cardinals are the team that you think are like really going to be bad. Unfortunately, as much as we all love Justin Fields, that man is not looking good and the Bears look terrible. So I think like that will be your bad teams. Um, but like on the AFC side, like, the Bengals, I don't. I think the Bengals will do better. The Texans play hard, although I just don't think they have the talent yet. This is a first-year rebuild. Patriots, I don't really know what to think about the Patriots right now. Like the defense, kind of playing okay, but like I just think Mac Jones is just not great, and he looked better last night than he has in a long time. So I don't. What does that even mean? I think the Patriots are are cooked. I think we're looking at it. And also, by the way, get th- shout out to Bill Belichick for giving us two amazing moments. Him looking up at the camera uh, was fantastic. But Belichick throwing the challenge flag at the ref's feet was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in the oh, NFL. Yeah. Like full stop. That was because when that first I wasn't watching live uh, last night and uh, I saw it later on and you the clip starts with him just staring at the ref and everything else. So you don't know where it's going. But when he actually throws his challenge flag at the guys, it's one of the more insane things that I never saw coming. I, without any context for the clip, that was top notch. I'm glad I didn't was, know what was happening because it was fantastic. Large laugh like for me. The reverse, it was like the inverse key and peel like thrust <laughs> situation. You know what I mean? Like instead of yes. the ref like sitting there waiting and throwing it down, like it was yeah. the opposite. Belichick's just like, huh. it was great. He's so fed material. up. Oh my God, um, JP. Who are the uh, on the flip side for you? The zero and two teams that you think are most cooked and can't recover from this, and the zero and two team that uh, you actually think can overcome the odds, similar to the Bengals last year. So, if we're choosing from teams that actually were supposed to be in contention this year, 
Um, I have a lot of questions about the Los Angeles Chargers. I oh. look, man. Do you though, but, or do you have questions about Brandon Staley? A little bit of both. Um, the offense, like, <laughs> it's funny. It it's honestly funny. You know, <laughs> we're I, all laughing. We're having a great time. Like, I just I can't help but laugh because the Chargers kind of just do this to themselves. Did the Jaguars break the Chargers? Oh, no, the Chargers were already broken. Okay. This has been a thing since like 2009. So I can't believe they still have Brandon Staley coaching this team. You've had so many outs. Oh, How many opportunities? Sean yeah. Payton wanted – I think there was a ro- rumor that Sean Payton wanted to coach the Chargers, but they stuck yeah. to Brandon Staley. So I think he was in L.A. Like He was already doing yeah. the herd all the time, and he. I think that's why the Arizona Cardinals popped up for him. That's a marriage. You you look at some of these in sports where you're like, man, y'all really should have just found a way to make this work. Like 0-2 Broncos, Sean Payton losing in the way he did Sunday afternoon, and then you look at uh, the Chargers and Herbert and – man. So- have some funny Chargers stats. Uh, through the first two weeks before Uh-oh. Monday Night Football, the Chargers have the third best offense in the league based on success rate. Of the top five teams, the Chargers are, are one of two that are 0-2. The other one is the Patriots. The Chargers are the 33rd team in the Super Bowl era since 1966 with 50-plus points and no turnovers through two, through two games. They're the only team to be 0-2. Like, this is just, this is who they are like yeah. this is, at this point. And what's so staggering about this team is how poor they are on defense, considering trading the farm for Khalil Mack, which hasn't worked out to this point. Sign, signing J.C. Jackson to a lot of money hasn't signed out, hasn't worked out to this point. Joey Bosa's been hit or miss. If you would have told me, Three years ago, that this team would have Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, and Joey Bosa, I would have. Well, I would have said exactly what I said on this podcast, which is the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl. Like it's, it's so weird, not weird, because they should be better, mm-hmm. but the coaching is, it's they're bad. That's a bad defensive team. There's no way to go about it. Like with a defensive with a defensive-minded head coach. And then the more, the more, the worst thing here is how bad they are in the fourth quarter. Hmm. Like, that's something. What that do you, what, what's the reason for that? Why are they so bad in the fourth quarter? So, I think it's a couple of things. So, against the Titans, they just couldn't run the football. And that's been the reason they were bad, so bad in the fourth quarter in years before. The Titans have a phenomenal run defense, but they couldn't run the ball. So, it made Justin Herbert have to throw every down and, I love Justin Herbert, but sometimes Justin Herbert puts restraints on Justin Herbert. Mm. He is so willing to go one to two to three, and I'm going to get to the check down, or he always wants to be in the right play. That sometimes that means giving the ball to the running back on third and four because the look dictates, hey, you have six in the box. You can run the ball here, but the Titans are one of the best teams at defending the run, so you don't end up getting anything. Mm. I also think they're a poorly coached team, and – Poorly coached teams lose in the fourth quarter. That's that's always been the thing in football. Ugh. Like not not just in NFL or college football. That's just football everywhere. Bad, poorly coached teams lose when the game is on the line. And that's something that Brandon Staley's gonna have to answer for. And he's gonna have to find answers real quick because this team 
should be in the middle of the when we talk about the elite teams in the NFL, it should be the Chargers should be up there. But, you know, they have a game against Minnesota next week. Going to be the weirdest game ever, actually. Mm -hmm. But I guess if there's one team that I think can bounce back from this 0-2, I'm hesitantly going to say the Bengals because they've done it before. But this time is different because of the Joe Burrow injury. I think Burrow gets shut down. I don't think the Bengals make the playoffs, and I think this is actually just a, a wash, unfortunately. I don't think they get out of this hole. I don't know how serious the injury is, but you're not only 0-2, you're 0-2 in the division. That's yeah. really the worst part here. But if they can rest Joe Burrow for, say, I don't know, like if they can, if they can manage to survive – the next, like, if he goes on IR, he has to be out for four games. Mm. You're playing the Rams, the Titans, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. And then you have a bye week. That gives Joe Burrow five weeks to get ready for the Niners. So I think if they shut him down, you just got to pray you get to maybe two and four going into the bye, or maybe That's, three and three. Th that team is going to be desperate, and they're going to try and force them to play Burrow. I would not – I wouldn't try and play them. I really wouldn't because – I wouldn't either, but they're going to. That offense snowball – the snowball effect isn't worth Joe Burrow re-aggravating that calf Have, injury. Haven't you seen all those photos of Joe Burrow with the cigar? He's got that dog in him. They're going to play I mean, him. hold on. He's the one of the coolest quarterbacks of all time. Joe Burrow, I know. there's no question. That's what all I'm, time? That's what oh, I'm, yeah. Joe Burrow is one of the coolest quarterbacks. Like, when he comes out with LSU time, and the relax, Burrow with relax, the, e, the Burrow E-A-U-X. And just First off, Joe, Joe cool Burrow all the Joe time. Burrow, Joe Burrow is just Joe Namath uh, in college without a, a championship. Like that's, Joe Namath. What do you mean? Joe, hold on. He won a championship. Joe Burrow is Joe. Joe Burrow's Joe oh, Namath yeah. with, with TikTok. Oh. That's he's Joe. Yeah, he literally is a college Joe Namath. Hold on quickly though. Give me the quarterbacks off the top of your head. If you're gonna have that strong reaction of who are who's cooler, who's cooler than uh Michael Joe Burrow? Vick. Michael cool Vick was not cooler than Michael Joe Burrow Vick, coming I'm not, into the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a I, can't give that. I can't give that to Michael Vick. I understand. Not, I, I can't, can't do, do that. Cam uh, Newton. Objectively, no. Cam was Corny. a cooler quarterback. Cam Corny. was objectively a cooler quarterback. I think Corny. Cam was cooler at Auburn. I think he came to the league and he wasn't as cool. I, but also Cam. You're saying that because you're a Falcons fan. You no, I'm saying I love Cam. Cam's one of my favorite college quarterbacks Cam. of all time. I love Cam. Cam's awesome. Cam, I don't Cam think, was awesome. I don't know okay, if he was if we're the gonna, same. If we're, he so he was very gonna, Dwight Howardy in the league it, to me, personality-wise. Way, what does cool mean? Because I obviously think that – I think Joe Namath with the yeah. original fur coat in New York. Yeah. I think there was a reason. I think Joe Cool in San Francisco, like middle of Super Bowl, stopping to be like, oh, shit, that's John Candy. And yeah. then never losing in the Super Bowl, and then also calling his wife from one of the phone lines on the si side of the just be like, hey, honey, how are you? Like, he's called Joe Cool for a reason. But I will say, there's a to me, does swag and cool mean the same thing to you? Because that's a big difference. I think it's just the way I you. Think, I think when you see it, you know, like you know who was cool. Steve I don't think McNair. You, Steve I McNair was cool. Steve McNair was legitimately cool. To be cool, you have to have swag. Mm. I would. I think Lamar Jackson is to me 
one of the coolest quarterbacks. I would throw like, Lamar in there. He yeah. has he has the talent. He also doesn't care whenever he talks into media. He's just like, I'm, I'm here to do my thing for my team. I love my team. I want to win. But he also like his style's incredible. I I I, I, mean, I would say. Can I say who I, is I, cool? I understand. Like I know. I just yeah. have to say this real quick. I understand how we feel about him, but. Michael Vick was literally like a cultural icon. Hold on. Yeah. I grew up in Atlanta. Michael, no, I'm but Michael but, Vick wasn't a cultural icon because of his personality. It, it was, was his, because play. Of his play. Like he was splitting Minnesota Vikings defenders because it they couldn't legs. tackle him in space. They ran into each other. I don't know. I'm he saying was, Vick wasn't was cool. cool, cool. I'm telling you, like he was, he was cool, cool. He was flashy. No, he was, he was fun. fast. Yes. He was fast. And he could throw the ball a mile. I think this also brings up a point that I was saying about there are no yeah. cool quarterbacks. Anymore. I think, by no the way, I think Colin Kaepernick was a cooler quarterback than Mike Vick. Colin that Kaepernick had all the commercials. 100% not a fan take. But no, I'm like, think about I all the it. Madden commercials, all the commercials he did. I think is the way he dressed, all of it was incredible. Well, I think maybe an underrated one would probably be like who Tony Romo was cool. No. No, Tony no, Romo was cool. No, no, good hang. No, Maybe no, part of it for me is I'm like, no. who's a fun hang? I'm like Tony Romo would be an interesting like Drew Brees, Tony, Russell Wilson. Don't trap Romo, me in there. That's like John Elway to me. I would Eli Manning want. was cool. Oh no, my god, total dork. <laughs> we okay, have, Chase. We have jumped the shark. Yeah, that is like the to, Eli Manning is the Eli antithesis Manning? of cool. Loved no, his khakis. His khaki no game shot. was top notch. Christ, dude, you're over here. You're, no shot. That time. Said, you need to drink Eli some Manning. Metamucil and calm down. <laughs> no shot. This man just said Eli Manning. I am. We will have to put a poll online on. Twitter. Yeah, I need to put a poll. What about Randall Cunningham? Randall Cunningham. Before my time. But I also think yeah. he was pretty damn cool. He was pretty cool. I Gary listen, Collins. Man, I Jesus Christ. I think the I think the answer is probably Joe Namath. I think when you factor in his name was Broadway Joe, he was in the biggest city in the world, wearing fur coats, he's winning championship like I'm I'm I think Joe Namath has to take it. I I just struggle with guys I didn't grow up with, so I didn't see them. I I need to see what they were like coming I mean, the you league. I need to see the interviews. I need to see how they carried themselves. I don't know. I just like to stick to that kind of thing based on who I saw. Like real, real quick. Yeah. Speaking of cool though, was Mike McDaniel running from the camera not the, the funniest thing you've ever seen? Mike life? McDaniel is great. I, he just he's feels like an NFL. Like he's like he looks and carries himself like a former writer at the Ringer, and yeah. I love that because it's great. Like Mike I, McDaniel being awesome is a delight. I feel kind of like a hater. I thought I thought it was kind of corny. I don't know. I love it because it's so he's so un. If he would have lost the game. I wouldn't have liked that, but he won the game, so I loved it. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of corny. I don't know. I sometimes wow. it's cool, but I feel like we have reached the point where now we make everything Mike McDaniel does into a meme, and I'm kind of over it. Wow, just, just a little bit. Okay, oh, just a little bit. I'm okay Dan, with it. Dan Campbell's pretty cool, though. I I'd Dan play. For, I'd play for Dan Campbell. I don't want to okay. know who he votes for, but I th- I think I oh, love Oh, you know who? That just reminded me. Dante Culpepper was a cool quarterback. Was Dante cool quarterback. Culpepper was cool. No question like, about it. Dante Culpepper was cool. My dad played against Dante Culpepper in high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he from Florida? He went to UCF. Is he- He's from Florida. I think he played at uh, Orange Park High School. Okay. What position did your dad play? My dad was a safety. 
Okay. Much cooler than uh, Eli Manning. Yes, I can't believe let me live that one down. I can't believe you got on here and really said Eli Manning was one of the coolest quarterbacks. Yeah, ever. One of the one of the worst things you've ever said. I think he's cool. I don't know. I, yeah, but that's how we know he's not cool. <laughs> that's actually you true. Like, everyone I've said, you should probably look at that. It's like okay, that's uh, that's something. Chase, you he said Kerry Collins and Eli Manning. Like he wasn't even the. I don't hey. even think Eli was the coolest Manning. In the, yeah, in his family. Peyton's funny. Peyton's not cool, though. And part of Peyton's appeal is that he knows he's not cool. I think Eli's legitimately like a cool, calm, collected customer who just carries himself no. like, I'm a, he's a, I'm a he's champion. He's got little, bro- little brother energy. Very little brother energy. That's fair. I, I, think, I, think, uh, I think Cam Newton, although I hate everything about his personality is the probably the better representation of like the more modern cool quarterback cam Newton you know I mean? had everybody doing the dab yeah he he literally had the dab cam was cool yeah. like i think cam you could also make the case as the coolest college athlete of all time i just don't know i guess his his mvp run he was still very cool i don't know i guess it was up and down i'll throw cam in there i'll i'll we'll allow cam i think oh. cam's in there I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna go on Twitter and ask. I'm putting in, I'm putting the poll up right now. Uh there it is. Okay. Um weirdest result this weekend, Evan. When you look at the box scores and what ended up happening in uh week two here, what game surprised you the most in terms of who won and who lost? I mean, I'm you know, I, I'm still surprised that the Commanders are two and zero, and they're playing well mm. with Sam Howell. Uh, the Broncos, I wasn't expecting to be great, but that was a pretty big surprise to me. I, I, I w- I'm not surprised by the Chargers. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> um, I thought the Jaguars were going to put up a much bigger fight, and I also thought the Lions were going to beat the Seahawks. So it is the only week two, and there's a lot of things kind of panning out right now. But uh, yeah, man, there was some weird games. The Giants coming back was probably the weirdest. That was mine. That was. Mine. Oh, sorry. You go ahead, dig it. You said go on. A lot of that game was very weird. From going down like twenty-one nothing to mm-hmm. the Arizona Cardinals, then Josh Dobbs led Arizona Cardinals, sir, storming back. To have mm-hmm. to come back in the final seconds to beat the Arizona Cardinals. And then on top of that, losing Saquon Barkley for at least three weeks because you finally decided to use him in the second half before you have to go play the 49ers on Thursday. All of this just feels like a recipe for disaster. Well, and not only that, but they had just lost 40 to zero. So it's like by the time they were down 21 to zero, it's like you've been scored 61 to zero in the last two, in these two games. Like, I was just like, this is this is maybe going to be like an all-time bad year, and then they come back and win. Daniel Jones was lights out in that last quarter. Yeah. Also, I just I want to see the script. That was like one of those where they Jonathan Gannon ran into halftime, and I saw someone on Twitter was like, and it was just a little whiteboard that said Caleb Williams, and it was like, what 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 are we doing? Uh, this this isn't going to continue. Also. Cardinals uniforms are terrible. I hate that Arizona logo in the front where it just spells out that the red's terrible. All of it's awful. This rebrand by the Cardinals, genuinely awful. Can't stand those uniforms. The road unis are cool. I like the all whites. I like the all whites too, but that's it's hard to mess up all whites, right? Like what are the who are the bad examples for NFL uniforms that are all whites? Do you remember any like the lions are clean? 
Um, the Falcons are good. Jags are good. It's very hard to mess up all white, but yeah. all white ones they have are very are very nice. They have like little silver streaks on the shoulders. Mm. It's very cool. Uh, the red ones kind of a miss to me, yeah. and then the black ones just make them look like Ohio State, which is yeah. very weird. But yeah, man, they are in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, but they put up a lot more of a fight than I thought they would. Thank you for not coaching. Who wins that award this week for you, JP Acosta? Who did the worst coaching job you saw this weekend? It can also be Thursday. I'm going to go Luke Getze. Oh. Coordinator for Chicago Bears. What are we doing, man? None of this makes sense. Nothing about this offense is conducive or productive to anything, to any of the players that exist on that team right now. They were in such a good – they were on a roll in the second half of the season with using Justin Fields as a part of the run game. Justin Fields only has like two design rushes in two games, which is not good. I understand wanting to protect him. And want to protect his body, but you cannot make him into make him one dimensional. There's a lot of problems with the uh, Bears offense. A lot of that is like Justin Fields. A lot of that is talent. Luke Getze cannot scheme up this offense to best fit his personnel. It is very bad. It's terrible, horrible. <laughs> it puts it puts so much stress on everybody to be perfect. The offense is either just screen passes or passes that are 30 yards downfield. There is no in-between. And that highlights Justin Fields' biggest weaknesses. He is always going to be touchdown to check down. If you don't have any quick game built in for him, he's not going to do it. This is not good. This is bad. Everything about this is bad. Something has to change, and I think Luke Getze has got to go. I think Everfoos is a good first coach fire pick. I think that whole staff is probably getting – they're, it, they're not it's already it giving me uh what is that canadian head coach there tressman mark oh tressman. yeah like the, the bears tressman. have had it really bad man but i mean nobody got out okay with the quarterback in that in that uh draft other than then the Jaguars. But think about it with the bears like they haven't had i mean jay cutler but you trade for jay cutler and then before that you're looking at i mean who was the last homegrown drafted franchise bears quarterback mcmahon i think it's mcmahon yeah i mean they you mean they, the yeah. last good one yeah the, the last, last good one the last one that was the franchise quarterback they drafted and developed for five to ten years it's oh gotta be God. mcmahon justin jefferson already has more receiving yards than any bears receiver in history has ever had also can we just go ahead and make that trade Kirk cousins to new york just go ahead and put him there. What are we doing? No. no, no. Why? Because why it's going to – the reason why, let's look at the Jets' schedule. So the reason I say this is because putting a new quarterback into that offense with limited time to actually learn the offense against New England, Kansas City, Denver, and Philadelphia before the bye week is not going to work. Mm. You have to learn learning an entirely new offense, especially for a guy like Kirk Cousins, who's been in the same offense for now, like the second year, and now he feels comfortable. That's not going to happen. Also, Kirk Cousins has a no trade clause. Why would he? Why would he do that to go to that team? But I think the Jets are kind of stuck. They're stuck with Zach Wilson until the bye week when they can actually do something because bringing in a new quarterback in the middle of this week just doesn't make sense. What also didn't make sense is why they didn't run the ball at all against the Cowboys. 
like Zach Wilson's out here getting murdered. Micah Parsons also, there were some clips where you're like, Micah, I don't even know what you do. Like Micah yeah. Parsons, we were laughing so about fast. Miles Garrett doing a crossover, walking up to the line of scrimmage. Micah Parsons isn't Miles Garrett's size, but Micah Parsons is just as terrifying on the edge where you're just, what do you do? I mean, you can't really run the ball because you're down 27 nothing. But I mean, just protect Zach Wilson from seeing ghosts and just getting his brains beat in more. I just, I don't understand it. Like, if you can't run the ball, you can't pass the ball. What do you want them to punt (laughs) on first down? (laughs) Like, you have to try something and you can't run it because you're down 27 to 10. Yeah. And it's not just, I don't think Brees Hall is mad about not only carrying the ball for like in run game. I think he's mad about four touches total, even Mm. in the passing game. Just find ways to get him the ball. I know Zach Wilson isn't the best quarterback throwing down the field. Don't let him throw the ball down the field. Yeah. Screen screen passes and quick screens. Just RPO the shit out of this offense. Mm-hmm. Turn it into a gimmicky thing. Don't don't let him screw up. Literally don't just keep doing the same thing over and over again, that's for sure. Literally make it so that the offense is like, hey, you throw it here, and if you don't like what you see, give the ball to the running back. It also. Nothing else. Something you should never do is put Takeo Spikes behind a wall when you invite him for. Yeah, what uh, was that all about? Unbelievable how that 49ers happened. legend. Auburn legend. How is that even a seat? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. My first thought was like, not even just like disrespectful to Takeo. Why is that a seat? How does that happen? That stadium's old as hell, man. A lot right. of old as hell stadiums have seats like that. Also, Takeo move like what are we doing like the, the seat's not getting any better you got to move you got to go somewhere else you got to go to you got to go to the bills and be like uh, this, this, this are, 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 what are we doing like uh i'm moving somewhere else find me another spot well speaking of the bills i do want to say that uh yeah i i love that josh allen plays quarterback as if cheese from foster's home for imaginary friends mm-hmm. was a quarterback <laughs> because like it's just what do you what do you, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but he will always be the he will always be cheese from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Maybe he just he just likes chocolate milk, you know? Yeah. And so he's just gonna try and hurdle a defensive lineman on third and seven from the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. That's just sometimes you gotta live with it. There you go. Uh Evan. Team who the final question here. Team to you who looked the most improved from week one to week two is who? Week one to week two? I mean, I got to say, the I mean, the Giants. Mm. They came out and won. Now, like, I, what is the real answer there? I don't know. Um, I, You know, the Bills coming back and winning, you know, the game by 28 points is yeah. a, a pretty re- good turnaround from losing. You know, I the Colts coming back, and it was only the Texans, though. I don't know. I mean, the Seahawks coming back and beating the Lions was pretty good. Was, there's a couple I think, of them. I think my answer is the Tennessee Titans. Oh, that it was an impressive offensive performance. You They're know? not dead yet. Not dead yet. That defense is going to the Tennessee Titans are the New England Patriots. If you gave Bill Belichick Derrick Henry. Mm. They, they have the same. They're built the same way. They're mean as hell up front. Offensively, everything has to break perfect, but sometimes it doesn't when you have Derrick Henry. 
and Derrick Henry, you know, like it, watching him run is so cool because you don't expect <laughs> a guy that big to be mm. that fast until he's like casually gliding past your DBs. And like, if he doesn't glide past them, he'll just stiff arm them into the earth's core. So mm. it's just very cool watching him run. That is the one Titans co- compliment I will give them. I like it. Um, JP, what can the good folks check out from you and the team over at SBNation.com this week? This week, we just had a football court go up today about if Justin Fields is cooked or not. So you should read that. I have established a fund coming out this week. It's going to be very fun. No pun intended. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, got, also got something coming out on B. John Robinson later this week. Very That's what we're talking about. The Chase Thomas podcast influence. Thank you for the support. Bijan, uh, offensive rookie of the year, already locked away. Bijan the Robinson. next Ladanian Tomlinson, people are saying. There is a six missed tackles uh, for that one. Like Bijan was insane. He might have to throw the ball like LT if the Falcons want to go anywhere. I actually, we were talking about on the Atlanta sports guys. Uh, I'm disregarding that comment from JP. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they were talking about where Barry Sanders is probably the closest comp. And we were wondering, it's like, is that crazy? Is Bijan's closest comp Barry? And many are saying Bijan Robinson. Stop that right now. The next Barry Sanders. Stop that right now. Many are saying, JP. Many are saying, Evan Swords. Bijan Robinson, the next Barry Sanders. Do not do that to Bijan Robinson. I mean, what do, you mean? what do you mean? Retiring Best case scenario, early? is he not Barry Sanders? Do not do that to Barry. Do not do that. And with that, Robinson. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm going to bed. Um, also, I love that in uh, the first answer to our Joe Namath. It's the cool first one. People and they think. Uh, it's good branding by him, though. Like, he really established that he was the coolest go- uh, quarterback. And it was er- he got on the... It got at the beginning there. He got on the bus early. Yeah, and just everyone for generations just, just thinks Joe Namath. Rode that bus for another 60 years. People who have no idea what he did in the NFL. They just they don't even know that he was at Alabama. They know nothing about Joe Namath. They're just like, I feel like that guy was cool. I think Joe Namath was cool. Joe cool. Like it was. People just know. Good branding. Uh, Evan, you know how we wrap this up every single week. What can you tell the good folks about uh, the Chase Thomas podcast and what they should do each and every week? I mean, it's just, just, we're just out here giving five-star reviews because these are, mm. this is a five-star podcast. Pretty plain and simple. You have 25% of the members of this podcast not even here tonight and things kept going, you know, yeah. for the sake, for the sake of Jarrett, who had to watch his unfortunate Steelers play and get a win. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, give everybody a five-star review. Yeah, they did get a win. They did yeah, get they a did. win. Barely. The Steelers defense outscored the Steelers offense, but a win is a win. They don't ask how, they ask how many. That's right. They don't ask how good your quarterback is. They ask how many dubs you have. That only applies to teams that aren't the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, there you go. Uh, JP Acosta, Evan Swords, thank you as always, and I'll talk to you all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.